Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Mike Coscarelli. This is the Ben Kissel Show. We kind of talk about my week and other things like that that are, I mean, so exciting. So extremely exciting. People can't get enough of hearing about how we're doing. Yeah. Uh, So what happened? So Tuesday this week, I I mentioned on the last episode, I did get the call back. I got the job. Kmart big and tall. The modeling industry has never been more loose-skinned than it has been since uh, I started in the modeling game. I will say I I have become more body-conscious. But I am a big and tall bottle, which means I'm eating more. Why not? I have to live up to a very difficult standard of big and tall modeling, which is, is he a fat fuck? <laughs> Hire him. And I want to be that big, large, FF kind of guy. So Tuesday, I did the shoot. That morning, I woke up and I polished off the Papa John's pizza, half of a pizza, and I got to the shoot. We were in a trailer, and everyone was very nice, and they they cut my eyebrows. They brought in a huge weed whacker. The man was devastated when he looked at my eyebrows. It was like he just saw a ghost. He knew it was going to be work. He knew it was going to be work. Yeah. yeah, it was like he saw a ghost or an alien being, some sort of creature from hell. Uh, it looked like Elf, uh, if uh, if you could ever see um, his pubic hair. That's what my eyebrows looked like, the great alien Elf from the classic television show Elf. Uh, so they took a weed whacker to those, did not comment on my overall size or girth. I thought that was very nice. I walked in to where the models were being shot. And uh, everyone, extremely handsome. The women, buff. The man I was modeling with, a, uh, a, a fine black fella. He had abs that I didn't yeah. even know could exist. They were indented like um, like the Grand Canyon. I mean, they were huge. He was doing sit-ups and things like that, perhaps even the morning of the shoot while I was slamming down my Papa John's. And we're sitting there, and uh, the, the whole premise of the shot is that we're architects, Mike. Isn't okay. that kind of fun? So we're two architects sitting there, and uh, and we look at each other, and then I realized we can talk about anything. Yeah, it's a camera, it's yeah. a photo shoot. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, initially they said you guys are architects. In both of our minds, we're like, I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> you know, does love melt steel beams? Right, right. Do, 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 you know, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. I immediately just wanted to talk about nine eleven. Even though uh, with nine eleven, if you go back and listen to our last podcast on the left episodes regarding nine eleven. It was the angle of which the towers fell that allowed for a uh, less temperature amount of heat to uh, to um, to bend and break the steel beams. You have to think about pressure mm-hmm. as well, not just temperature. Yeah. Go back and listen to the 9-11 episodes for last podcast on the left. So initially there was panic because we don't know anything about um, uh, building buildings or any, anything like that. But then I realized we can talk about whatever we want. So we had a wonderful conversation about the New York Knicks, the Chicago Bulls, and the Golden State Warriors. We bonded over sports, Mike. Sure. Was he from Chicago? He was a New York guy? He Chicago? was a New York guy. Uh, oh, but you're a, you're a, but you're a Knicks I'm fan, a Knicks fan because of Wisconsin. They were always battling the Bulls, and my brothers love the Chicago Bulls because they love anyone that's successful. Right. And I love the Knicks because it's like they were struggling so hard to be legitimized by the public, to get some respect. John Starks, no one loved him. Anthony Mason, everyone thought he was a schmuck, although he is having he does have a street uh, that's going to be named after him in uh, Harlem coming up recently, uh, coming up soon here. Uh, Anthony Mason, great. I saw him one time built. 
built like a refrigerator. Yeah, Wonderful huge guy. guy. Huge. Yeah. Beyond huge. I wanted to say hello, but I'm not a hot chick. Right. So why would he? He doesn't want to hear it from a six foot seven white pasty dude. Yeah. He does. He's done. He's had enough. I think so too. Uh, so the Knicks were never, you know, they were never given any respect whatsoever. The Bulls were definitely the better team. They would always trounce the Knicks, but the Knicks had they, they had a fighting spirit, a real Rocky Balboa yeah. vibe to them, as the Apollo Creed was more representative of the of the Chicago Bulls. So we had a good conversation about that. Overall, um, they did they did take me out of the photo shoot a little bit quicker. <laughs> Everyone else did get a few more snaps in. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had about uh, 20 minutes. out of here. Yeah, I had about 20 <laughs> minutes of work, and then they, they did. They, they called in. I, I heard beeping. Beep. Beep. Yeah. Beep. It was a large truck. They sent it in to haul my ass <laughs> out the of, the, of the truck. Then, yep, they got me in the back of the truck as if I was, uh, you know, uh, some sort of bizarre rogue, uh, you know, tree they had just cut down from the forest. And uh, so everyone else seemed to get more time on camera. Yeah, I will say that. Uh, there was a beautiful woman there that when she came into the shot, they did they escorted me out uh, very kindly. Naturally. Yeah, well, they didn't want me to scare the girl. I, I've seen one too many horror movies where that's what <laughs> yeah. happens. So, like, the guy who is the exact same size as Kane Hodder, who played Jason yeah. uh, from Friday the 13th, get him out of the shot. Get just get, get it. She won't go in. She said she won't go into the shot if he's in the shot. Get him out of the shot. And can okay. he take that mask off? Yeah. Oh, no, it's just his face. That's his face. Oh. Yeah, that's what we cast him for. <laughs> oh, weird casting choice. There's no doubt about it. So that was really exciting. A dream come true. Uh, Greg Gutfeld of the Greg Gutfeld Show, he also hosts The Five on Fox News, will be using it as, as his one big thing. At the end of The Five, they always, each one of the uh, you know the cast members uh, goes around and has one big thing for the week. So my he will show a picture of when I was morbidly obese, and he will show a picture of me in my Kmart glory mm-hmm. uh, sometime coming up here in the near future. So check that out if you ever watch Fox News' The Five. It airs at five because they know their audience is intelligent, and they'll be able to uh, understand. Absolutely. Yeah, There's five people. It airs at five. They yeah. got the whole thing. If you missed <laughs> that show i don't know what to tell you yeah there's no way to misconstrue five it's very simple yeah. <laughs> it's all fives you and him seem to have a pretty good thing going on he i seems love to the like guts you. gutfeld is a wonderful guy he's been super sweet to me ever since i got to fox news um he was one of the um major proponents after i did red eye a few times the greg gutfeld show was next and uh he's been nothing but kind he takes me out for we go we go out for drinks afterwards he's extremely open greg gutfeld for those that don't know him i mean his brand is uh very right wing he yeah. he wrote a book how to be right how to argue with liberals these things but if you look past uh some of his what some people might think of polarizing politics because in reality he's just a loving libertarian at heart who wants mm-hmm. everyone to do whatever the hell they want to do with their lives and they shouldn't be uh you know shot or murdered for participating in the activities they want to participate in on a daily basis right. uh he is uh really one of those guys that i've gotten to meet at fox that has been com- everyone at fox has been completely wonderful but he specifically is so gracious and so humble because in reality he's a multi he's a, he's a superstar fox news is the number one cable network on television and he is one of the number one faces of the number one cable network so yeah, he's uh, a star it's tough to understand here in New York because, yeah. you know, Fox News doesn't really play that well here. But if you go anywhere else in the country or even the world, people know Fox News for better or for worse. Yeah. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so I got to, and so he will be using that uh, on the five, a picture of me, my modeling picture at some point coming up here in the near future. Tuesday, I also did Megan McCain's radio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, I got to say, Megan is just the absolute best. And it was better than Gutfeld. 
Well, they're two. I'm putting you, in, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm on blast. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say uh, who uh, Gutfeld and they are. They are equally wonderful. Okay, but they're different because one's a boy and one's a girl. So <laughs> okay. there are many differences. A diplomatic uh, response. I was watching some old comedy from the '80s. Apparently, men and women they drive differently. So I would assume Megan yeah. drives like because you know, and it's like, Greg drives like meow, meow. right. It's like men be like, yeah, and women also be like. I heard they're a little different. Yeah, so. Um, but both equally kind. Megan, obviously, you know, when I first met her, she is the daughter of a senator. She was in the in utero at the 1980s uh, Republican convention when Reagan was, uh, you know, claiming claiming his uh, top uh, claiming his spot uh, atop the Republican mountain. She has been in the public life for so long. So to have somebody like her, uh, you know, take some time out, speak with me and befriend me is really remarkable. So I did her radio show. Uh, it's on iHeartRadio. It's a fantastic show. And I got to officially be a surrogate for Mr. Gary Johnson. It was my first time. I had a lot of firsts this week. We'll get to them. Uh, if, if anyone cares to listen, or you can just turn it off. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> They've uh, made it this far. They made I it this far. they're in. I mean, it's a fa- I'm, we're so good at this, Mike. We are very good at this. We can talk forever. Yeah, we're, what, we're, we're young rising stars in this industry. That's right. Crack a beer. I have a beer with me today on this show, a special occasion. And uh, let's just pretend like we're at a bar having a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. And I love it because I can't even hear you. Yeah. So it's sadly accurate. Whenever I stand up at six foot seven, the whole world goes mute anyway. Yeah. So it's about accurate. All you can hear is birds chirping and clouds. Oh my God! It's going to rain in three days. (laughs) I'm very good. Me and the Native American, we can we know exactly what the weather is about to be. Screw farmers almanac, tall person almanac. That's all it should be. be, Yeah. Mm, The clouds smell like sulfur today. (laughs) Means there's some sort of bizarre uh, fire going on. Um, so with Megan, I got to officially become a surrogate for Gary Johnson on a, on a large scale. And I have to say it is extremely fun supporting the candidate who you have no, uh, who is such a wonderful, loving, uh, quirky, strange dude, but I have no uh, reservation. There's nothing that he does that is completely inflammatory. Nothing that he says or does that go- contradicts all of my core beliefs, uh, beliefs of freedom and just letting people be and having love in your heart. Mm-hmm. So it was extremely fun going on and being able to argue on behalf of someone, which is so much easier than arguing on behalf of yourself. So, Kevin, let me ask you this: then. What is the what are you arguing against? Just, well, are you arguing? Because I know Megan is, so is conservative, happened, right? Megan is very conservative. She's going to vote for Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham um, said that he will pro- most likely support uh, Gary Johnson. He might go over to Hillary Clinton. I don't think that I could. I don't see Megan going over to Hillary's side just out of you know the morality of the situation. I just sure. there's so much bad blood between the Clintons and the GOP establishment, which of course her father has been sort of in control of for quite a long time. Yeah. And I think he's done a. Um, as, as good of a job as a human being can do. Extreme politics are so ridiculous. And if you're John McCain, you've been in it for so long, to, the fact that he has any soul whatsoever is remarkable. Yeah. And I think he's a great guy. Um, I voted so, for him. Yeah, oh, interesting. Uh, in 2008, huh? You yeah, didn't, you didn't want history. The first election that night, no, I, I, was, I was McCain all the way, baby. Really? Despite Sarah Palin, I still voted for him. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I know anyone who voted for McCain other than uh, Megan. Well, now, there you go. There we go. We got two. And it wasn't the, I mean, John McCain, uh, had he, he should have won in the year 2000. The, the um, whisper campaign they had, uh, 
uh, to derail him against when he was running against W was yeah. absolutely awful. They said he had a child out of wedlock, a black child out of wedlock. Um, it was uh, obviously an adopted uh, child that they have, Megan's sister. And it was the exact same campaign that Rove used. And my friend Mark McKinnon, who was the pr- senior producer for uh, Showtime's The Circus, it was the exact same thing that uh, that Rove used against Ann Richards, the former governor of Texas, an amazing woman. She plays, uh, I believe it's the character on Futurama, Maud or whatever. And oh, uh, okay. they started the whisper campaign that she was a lesbian, but you didn't even have to whisper it. It was a shout campaign. I mean, she was, <laughs> uh, everyone knew it. But uh, believe it or not, they, uh, some people attribute that to her loss uh, to to Bush in, in in Texas, and of course they did the similar thing to McCain in 2000. I think in 2000 he would have been the best presidential choice we would have ever had, and uh, there's no way we we would have gone into Iraq. Mm-hmm. He would have not had those disgusting hawks, the Rumsfelds, Ashcrofts of the world around him, the ones that H.W. didn't even want W. to have within his camp. But uh, like the rebellious child he was, W. said, "Dad, I'm picking my friends, and they're all really old uh, and strange." This is my team. This is my team, Dad. And you're, his dad is just like, aren't you? They're older than I am, kid. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, they're nerds to me. Yeah. I'm a former president. Um, so the one thing that I like to talk about with Gary Johnson, obviously, you know, getting into the marijuana stuff, that's that's definitely in his wheelhouse. But it's larger than just legalizing marijuana. It's about uh, you know addressing the prison uh, prison industrial complex and the unbelievable disparity amongst uh, with sen- uh, with sentencing amongst different uh, you know populations in our society. Blacks and Latinos four times more likely to serve uh, prison time with uh, marijuana offenses, uh, offenses. Whites much much less. Um, I mean, the odds of us just being stopped and frisked, for example, are very, very yeah, small. Funny. And the sad thing is, I'm constantly asking cops to pat me down. They don't you know, I do just want to. I just want to be loved. I want to be held. I want them, you know, be like, officer, I think I have something under my tit. Can you lift it up for me and, and grab at it, please? And he puts a, a rubber glove on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, exactly. Next thing you know, I got a full checkup yeah. and a nice, clean bill of health. <laughs> no drugs, but I think that's some pico de gallo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He found the pico. <laughs> God damn it, I was saving that for later. Don't take it, officer. I think they planted the Pico on me. That's what happened. Those dirty cops planted the Pico. Schmucks. Total schmucks. And then if you look at, uh, you know, if you look at uh, uh, Governor Johnson's policies uh, when it comes to economics, he doesn't line up with uh, with Bernie Sanders, but he does line up a lot with the social issues, certainly when it comes to LGBTQ rights and um, just the complete understanding that we live in a society that might you know uh, tilt towards one side or the other when it comes to uh, benefiting certain uh, people of wealth and things like that and then of course with the right his fiscal conservatism is dead on i mean he vetoed 700 bills as governor more than 49 governors combined in the country uh in 95 to 2003 so his record really does hold up on its own um he he really is, is he's the ultimate candidate for people who like to be left alone He's the He's ultimate left. Yeah, you want to go out to the woods and have your dog and have a shotgun and sit on your porch and randomly shoot squirrels. Vote for Gary Johnson. Yeah, which does sound like a fantasy. I don't. I think I would die of alcohol poisoning very quickly. Although David Crosby was able to live on a boat for like four years and he didn't die yeah. of alcohol poisoning, so maybe I would make it out alive. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so he's got a good heart to him, and he is a quirky. He's a strange dude. He's kind of a flamboyant guy. I watched him on Colbert. 
he's a bit uh he's a bit uh, out there the one thing i did email the campaign about was he apologized for calling donald trump a pussy on air yeah. i don't think he should ever apologize for calling donald trump a pussy trump is a pussy and people are like trump would kick his ass trump is a fat businessman who has sat on his ass his whole life uh, Gary Johnson climbed Mount Everest, so I think yeah, right. that Gary Johnson would actually beat the living hell oh, out of yeah. Donald Trump in a, in a, in reality. That'd be a bloodbath. It would be a total bloodbath. Trump blood doesn't bath. look like he's done any kind of physical activity since no, like he, the early '80s. He settles everything in a courtroom. He never yeah. settles anything in the backyard. Yeah, you know, he doesn't oh, settle anything in an alley. He doesn't. Yeah. He has no concept of what it is to be bullied or what it is to stand up for himself. He is the uh, the peacocking person in the front who causes all the chaos and then requests his slightly dumber heart. More hard-headed friend to do the fighting for him. Absolutely. Um, so that was really exciting with with Megan. And and how are you doing, Mike? You good? Me? I'm doing fine, man. I'm doing the the comedy grind. Uh, other than that, nothing nothing new. Yeah. You know what? I've been trying to get back in. Not trying to get back in. I never left. But stand up comedy. I love doing stand up. So that fun. was the other thing. I that was the other goal for the week. Uh, Jermaine Fowler, great friend of ours, Kevin Barnett, Josh Rabinowitz, they were in a wonderful show out in Brooklyn called Cicadas. It's named after a bug. Yes. A cicada. 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 Yeah, I was thinking John Cicada. John Cicada. Remember him? mixing up John Cicada and Cicada Cicada the bug. Oh, man. Which one do you you want around less? Oh, boy. I like John Cicada. I'm going with Cicada. Okay. Don't like a don't like bugs. Yeah, so I had a chance, guy. did some stand up over there at this place in Brooklyn on Wednesday night. So fun, loving the crowd. Everyone was remarkable. The whole the whole um, walls of the place they were all glass. No, they were all mirror. And I have no idea how you do coke on them. Um, but I'm sure that someone <laughs> has tried, and the whole thing went all over the floor. I don't know. So that was a very very exciting moment for the week as well. You got to get these these stand up credits. Do not matter. A late show credit, a tonight show credit. Uh, live at Gotham, Comedy Central half hour. They matter a little bit, but at the end of the day, n- they really don't change your reality. Yeah, you know, people hear like the Tonight Show. The, you know, he was on you know, uh, whatever. Um, that doesn't bring people to the the comedy club. The people at the comedy club are just like it's a bar with a stage, and maybe someone will be on it. I can yell at. That's the majority. Like it's so difficult to actually become a draw. Which is why what we're doing with last podcast on the left, we just sold out UK, the UK tour. We sold out DC, and we sold out Atlanta. I mean, it's really remarkable. Can I ask you this? Because I, I started here, so I've never really done stand-up outside of the tri-state area, right? And it's a, I feel like it's a much harder sell when you're in the city to try to get any kind of comedy show, period. Unless you're at well, the cellar. the first comedy club I ever performed at was for an open mic. It was the third time I ever did stand-up comedy. It was at Madison Comedy Club on State. Um, it's a great comedy club. I've heard that, and you there's four stand-up comedians that go on before an actual audience of 250 people. Right. So it was a Thursday night show. Each open micer did three minutes. And uh, then, of course, the, the uh, feature and the headliner would go on. I mean, so I thought I was a star immediately. Right. Because right. you go on, and for some reason, when you start doing stand-up, I don't know, for me anyway, I just started, I was. I felt like I was just crushing. There's a chip on your you, shoulder. There's a chip I'm on your shoulder. These guys. And, and you you have a lot of energy, and you're like, I'm doing it. You know, yeah. and you do, I think, get a little bit of a break from uh, everyone kind of knowing that you're new. So if you do okay, they're like, oh, good job, child. Like, yeah. when, you know. Where, where's this kid from? Yeah, it's like with yeah. some, when, when somebody, you know, with one leg, you know, randomly runs a 5K, they're like, I can't believe you did it. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Even though when I ran my 5K, I'll tell that story in a second. Um, <laughs> but, uh, can't wait. 
Yeah. But yeah, so the first time I did uh, stand-up, or the third time rather, it was in front of a huge crowd, uh, an audience that had paid, they had drinks in front of them, so it was really wonderful. Starting out in New York City, you do start out with the cockroaches. You start out in the bottom basements, literally surrounded by black mold and random dead rats. And you're there for a long time. Uh, You're there for a long time. So, you know, I would say... My personal experience, if you are a comedian and you want to come to New York City, give yourself a little time in wherever you're at right now because Oregon has an amazing comedy community. All these little towns have Austin. great comedy communities. You know, So do four or five open mics. Do not have a kid. If you want to get into the entertainment industry, the number one rule is do not have a kid because yeah. you cannot be a good parent for the first 15 years right. of doing this because you have to be extremely selfish and your hours are worse than a truck driver who uh, you know, is addicted to crystal methamphetamine. That's true. The thing that I was going to ask you, though, was when you're talking about the credits not mattering as much, do you find that it... It matters more in the maybe the middle of the country if you have a if you have a Comedy Central half hour. Well, you have to to get name recognition to actually have your face recognized by the general public is extremely difficult more so than ever because the idea of fame, the idea of exposure, is so much easier mm-hmm. to get now. We have YouTube stars, Instagram stars, Twitter stars, whatever. So it's almost like you know I was talking about this previously. I'm not maybe not on this show, um, but I'll repeat it if I did. Do it again, Ben. The great irony is you know as Royalty used to be fat. That was a perception of wealth, uh, and the poor people were thin. Now that's completely flipped. The poor people are fat, and if you're successful and wealthy, you're thin. The idea of celebrity, the more famous you get, the more off the map you have to become. And then people are like, wow, they're super famous. They're not even on Instagram. Right. You yeah, know, right. It's, so the, everyone can get so much exposure now that the idea of celebrity has been completely watered down to like Chewbacca mom. Yeah. You know, a <laughs> woman si- uh, uh, charging money for autographs. 20 now. bucks a pop yeah. for Chewbacca mom. And she made $400,000. I believe her kids got some scholarships. I'm not even against it. I mean, if people want to give her money go for it this woman i think she might have been smoking a little something i'm not sure but the, the video itself i don't i mean it is a funny video i don't firmly understand how it's four hundred thousand dollars worth of funny um but nonetheless whatever it's america so, though baby so to get facial recognition to get celebrity now is so much more difficult because you have to be all over the place and that's the great thing about these podcasts. We get to be in people's ears. We get to be in their homes. We get to be in their cars. We get to, maybe you're taking a bubble bath right now, in which case, I'm there with you, um, which is kind of creepy. No, no, don't leave them alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> there are, everyone's just getting out of the bath immediately, feeling <laughs> disgusted and toweling off. Uh, so that's the one great thing with the podcast, how we, how I wanted to do it my entire life. And I lost a manager to this five years ago because the relationship was completely not working. Cause I was told, I, I just told him, I said, I want to do these podcasts. And when we go on the road, people will know us, um, know me. And sure enough, that's exactly what's happening now, which is so awesome to see it work out. So it is very difficult to become a draw, to become a draw and actively get people off their asses outside of their beautiful houses with their 50 screen, you know, uh, with their 50 inch television screens, flat screens, every single video game you could possibly want. Mm-hmm. It is so difficult to to beat 
uh, you know, Xbox. Yeah. To beat the newest Netflix series, yeah. to get people outside of their houses into the randomness of the world that we live in, especially, you know, the dangerous world that we that we are living in, or at the very least, the perceived dangerous world that we're living in. Well, all these mass shootings, some disgusting things. Like, why would you get out of the house yeah, and right. possibly face an argument with some random stranger that you didn't want to have? Your couch is safe. Your couch is completely safe. You you know exactly where the, you know, you can get food whenever you want. You can have seamless whenever you want. Why would you leave? So to become a draw, I mean, it is it is just as difficult as it's ever been. But the great thing is there are so many different avenues to explore and different ways into the entertainment industry and different ways that you can monetize it now. Um, so there's just benefits and negatives to it. Yeah. But going back to the 5K that I ran. It was uh, so. Anyway, to, no. But to answer your question, I think it's better to start outside of New York City. But again, I know nothing um, because I have taken a very long time to get the small amount of success that I'm having right now. So whatever, whatever <laughs> suits your fancy. Noted. <laughs> um, I was running a 5K and I made a massive mistake. I drank a vitamin water before, and this was from, for cancer. I don't know how we were going to cure cancer. I, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not sure if I'm not a doctor. I don't know if anyone running actually cured cancer whatsoever. I always find it to be quite a spurious relationship between 5Ks for cancer and uh, heart research uh, to, to actually uh, you know, having any research be done with it. Yeah. But um, I got a bad case of the runs. I had a real tummy rumble. Maybe I told this story before. And I, I haven't heard it. And so I, nearly, I nearly uh, did the bad deed. I, I nearly used, I, 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 just, I had to go to the bathroom uh, so bad. And then, uh, long story short, I ended up losing the 5K. I was dead last in the 5K, much <laughs> like when I was in eighth grade and we ran the mile. And I set the record for the mile for my eighth grade class. Slowest time, 14 minutes, 30 seconds. Slowest time a in the history of mile? yeah fourteen minutes. I was pretty proud of that though. That's a that's a nice nice amount of time. Oh my god! Um, you know all these other kids were sprinting. What are you sprinting for? You just got to get back to class. The quicker you get done, the more the the sooner you have to learn. I'll take my time. And uh, so I ended up losing the five k to a person who was in special needs, and he was running. He was about 30 feet in front of me, and he was running, and there was a line of people applauding him as if he was doing some amazing accomplishment. And then as soon as he uh, passed the finish line, I'm still trucking along, and I have a ton. no one knows the horrors that I've been going through, the, the amount of pain, the amount of – I was Michael Jordan with the flu. I was putting up 45. No one was respecting me, although, granted, I was dead last. Okay, if I would have won first, maybe that analogy would have worked. As soon as the special needs kid crossed the finish line, they stopped clapping, and they looked at me in shame. And I was I – was, I never felt worse for helping out people who were dying from cancer. So I'm not going to run another 5K. I'm wow. never running again. I hate running. I told you the story about when I was morbidly obese. I went for a run, and these children threw McDonald's, Burger King. They threw a bag of Burger King uh, food at me, and then I had to stop running. So how did you lose all the weight the first just time? Just a lot of vodka sodas. That's it? You, That's and you it. just lost weight from that? Vodka. You cut out beer, you can lose. My friend Ed Larson from the Round Table of Gentlemen lost 14 pounds this, uh, this week. That's true, because he cut out beer. Not a healthy way to do it. Anyway, so that's my 5K story. I was uh, I, I lost to a special needs person, and I was I was booed because all I wanted to do was cure cancer. Can I also, while we're on special needs, my sister Nicole, who yeah. uh, has Down syndrome, competed in the uh, New Jersey State Special Olympic Games this uh, this weekend. My little brother competes in those as well. She won the silver in I forget the length. 
of the, but she's a swimmer. She won the silver in the front stroke. There so it is. I want to congratulate Nicole for wow. being the best athlete in the family. Congratulations, Nicole. When I was six years old, I set the record for uh, the uh, whatever, the one one lap around, the one uh, point A to point B. It was like 30 meters or something like that. Fastest? I was fast. There you go. I was in the water. So you're not fast on land. But not, once you get I'm in the, more of a, a sea creature. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a sea creature. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so Megan McCain's show was wonderful. Uh, it, it was very fun. And then I have to say, finally, to wrap it up, what a, mm-hmm. what a fun week it's been. Um, you know, obviously, other than the massive amounts of tragedies that's happening all over the world on a daily basis. But let's just focus in a little bit. On Friday, Thursday rather, for Red Eye, we work Monday through Thursday now. We do two shows on Thursday. And so we're looking to fill the second show, which is quite a feat to do two television shows in one day. And we came up with the segment, Ask Red Eye, and it's a brilliant segment. And it was, so we put it on Twitter, and uh, we were there in the meeting Thursday morning, and Tom Shalou uh, looks at me. By the way, I went to go see him sing Barbershop, really remarkable stuff, at, uh, at Joe's Pub. Very fun. Tom Shalou looks at me, and he says, Ben, you're hosting the segment. So uh, I got to host my first segment on a uh, national television network, the E-Block, the whole E-Block, Ask Red Eye. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. They said, Kenny Reed, does he know how to even breathe and speak at the same time? And then sure enough, I got in front of the teleprompter and I was, it was uh, like watching a majestic deer, you know, just eating a bunch of wonderful fruit. What I'm saying is it came natural to me. And I loved reading the teleprompter and hosting the entire segment. A real career highlight, Mike. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be the start of something big. Start of something big. It's going to be a weekly segment. Ask Red Eye. Email Red Eye. Twitter, tweet Red Eye. Ask Red Eye. And I'm going to do it every Friday. And my face looked good because I was the night before. Again, I'm going back. I'm not doing the vodka soda diet anymore. I'm not even doing gin and tonic diet. You know what I'm doing? What? Drinking water? Tequila. Oh, so I'm not moving. water. No. <laughs> No, not Mike. Of course not. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Never water. <laughs> never Trump, me. never Hillary, never water. Get, 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 just stop thinking the way that you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. So because I'm on my new tequila diet, which is a wonderful beverage and an international treat, um, I, my face looked really good. So I'm going to put that out on Twitter this week. You'll be able to see it. And, and you're going to love it. And, and let us know. And let's see. We did mention in the last episode... That people they were going to comment or ask uh, ask anything, and one guy Brent Strizak, yes, he had a question for me on you, but he put it on your page, and it was kind very, of circumventing. Yeah, it was very broad. It wasn't necessarily uh, in question form. It was just, hey, can you ask Ben more about his 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 uh, upbringing and family life? Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like we've uh, talked just about whatever it. you want to say. That's like I said, very loose question, but yeah, very loose question. I mean, we've we've discussed the family life yeah. before. Um, first generation. Uh, f- uh, that's my my father is from Germany, and uh, you know one of my funny little jokes I like to say on the stand up stage. I'm going to deliver well, it. Don't right give in. it away for free. You don't want to give it away. You got to let him. Oh, I should it. have him wait for it. Yeah. You have to come out and see me do stand up comedy if you want to hear the joke that I'm not going to tell. That's how you promote, buddy. That's how you do it. Yeah. Oh, it's a very funny bit. But my father's my father's father surviving, uh, you know, World War II and things like that. Funny bit. You'll have to come out and see me live. Okay. Um, 
And then, of course, very religious. My parents were religious. Both of my older brothers are gay. When I was 12 years old, we started doing foster care. And uh, I had to bridge the gap between my uh, brothers, my parents, and uh, you know the people who were coming in to my house. And uh, to bridge that gap, I used comedy. And that's why I became a uh, entertainer. Because I wanted to get through a dinner without the entire family fighting, uh, tears being shed, and random physical violence breaking out. So that's where you use the magical skill of humor when you want to just eat your T-bone steak, although we never had T-bone steak, spaghetti and meatballs, <laughs> and the meatballs were bought by you know bought at a- uh, Sam's Club. Sam's Club meatballs. <laughs> Sam's Club's an, an Aldi. Yeah. You know Aldi? No. Uh, is that, Aldi is Midwest? a it's a Midwest. It's a, it's a bit around the it, maybe it's more around the country than just the Midwest. It's a German store that is their cheap store. Okay. You know, it's like it's a ninety nine cent store for food. Um, but my Man. so my parents loved it. We couldn't. I mean, they were raising a family of huge children. So Aldi probably saved our lives. But that that's a little insight into uh, into the childhood. And I do talk about a lot more of that with stand up. So. Um, I suppose that answers the question. But if you have more of a specific question, tweet at Mike or tweet at me, yeah. and then I can answer them more specifically. Yeah, please put them in question form, though. So this way, it, <laughs> it, I mean, a well, question not... is blah, 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 and then a question mark at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's see, Mike. Anything going on with you? Uh, I'm doing a show in Bayonne in New Jersey. I'll tweet it out, the exact address, on Wednesday night at 8. So you come check that. May Wilkerson's on it. And Amber Nelson is headlining this. Oh, I love Amber Nelson. Check out her show on True TV. It's very, very funny. Um, all right. Well, I think that's pretty much what happened to me this week. Uh, and, and Mike, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Kissel and on Instagram at Ben Kissel one. Follow Mike Coscarelli on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli, and I believe on Instagram is the As same. Well. Yeah. And find him on Facebook if you want to ask him more open-ended questions. Uh, <laughs> yes. Feel free. Just inundate him with those. I think he'll love every second of that. Uh, you can check me out. I'm doing Red Eye, well, I guess on the 30th. We'll be in uh, Atlanta for live uh, for a live last podcast on the left this upcoming weekend, which will be very exciting. June, I believe, 18th. Maybe it's 16th. Check it out. It's the Saturday, next Saturday here. And uh, then we'll be in Washington, D.C., uh, which will be extremely exciting. So uh, check out my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat for everything political. We're crushing it in news and politics, by the way. We're, we just recently, on the iTunes, iTunes News and Politics, we just recently beat Wolf Blitzer. Wow. The Wolf. That's impressive. He's going down. Yeah. And I want to take out Glenn Beck. That's my number one guy. I want to go to... Bu- so I don't Glenn even Beck's have a, the next target. Just because I respect him. I just want to go after Glenn. Let's beat Glenn Beck. Uh, so that's news and politics on iTunes. Abe Lincoln's top hat. Cave Comedy Radio. Also check out the Roundtable of Gentlemen. A very fun show. It's jovial and it's often full of intoxicated uh, uh, drunkards. So that would make sense. It's sort of a you know, you got it. And then of course for everything true crime, check out last podcast on the left and listen to Mike's podcast, Social Villains. It's uh, really doing very well, and there's some controversial viewpoints. I was listening to the editor out here editing <laughs> it, and my goodness, Gene Getman had some very interesting uh, things to say on this last episode. Dare I say, he might be a terrible person, but <laughs> Mike, Coscarelli, right. Mike Coscarelli is not. I'm cer- He's certainly the heel <laughs> on the show. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.